I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, September 17, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Yesterday, we alluded to the fact that it was time to strap in, put your seatbelts on, put your game face on, whatever it was. We have a laundry list of things to discuss. Let's get rolling. Let's get right to the daily chart, what jumps off the page. And you'll notice, last night I took off 337.50, a little premature. Should have left it on there. It was, in fact, still important on the way back up from an intraday rally perspective. Interesting stuff. This morning, they gapped below everything, so it really wasn't the support that it once was, obviously, however. Once again, resistance. What was support becomes resistance. What was resistance becomes support. And they had a nice big intraday rally and almost stopped on a dime, 337.50. In fact, you'll see here, the high of day was 337.70. Pretty slick stuff how these numbers are important over and over and over again. It's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. It's not an actual number that comes out of the calculator as much as it is that spot there. Remember, it was essentially a former breakout area. We took the number and kind of rounded it down or up to that 337.50, but that was the general zone. What else do we have on the daily chart? Well, a couple of things. We actually have one of those pattern within a pattern type of scenarios. So what we have is the big down move and then the bearish, wedgish, flaggish kind of thing that's going on here. Now, it's already begun to play out in the southern direction. However, we didn't really break out of this yet. They could still go back up to the top end of the channel or higher, but that's what's going on. So that's from a bigger picture perspective. Then yesterday, we talked about this one here. You have another breakdown candle. You have a wedge right to test the top of the breakdown candle. Classic stuff. They do it all the time. And here we go right back to the bottom. And also, in this case, the 50-period moving average. Now, we discussed that last night as well and said the 50-period moving average would likely provide, or I said could provide, some additional support from an intraday perspective. Well, it provided support today. Does that mean that's it? Does that mean this is the bottom, the 50 is going to hold, and we're going to go back up from there? Here's the deal. As long as it holds, the market's okay. Here's what else I'll say. If it does hold, and somehow we begin trading above this high here, for example, from yesterday, 343.06, and they begin pushing higher, and they break this pattern that's developing. If they do that, they will have gotten back above the 20-period moving average, And the trend will be back to the trend is your friend until the very end or it's not the trend any longer. But if that's going on and it takes us into October for argument's sake, just projecting a little bit, then for at least an interim period of time, that was likely the low and they're also susceptible or what would be on the table would be, and yes, you heard it here, new highs. Now, don't smash the dislike button just yet. I'm not saying that is going to happen. I'm just saying if. Look, 
if they got above or back above the 20 period moving average you have to take notice you have to take heed what they would really be doing is if you have this pattern here this is no different than the ones we discuss every single day on doesn't matter what chart if this pattern breaks and they begin trading higher remember the same energy that would have been released in the southern direction will now be released in the northern direction so we want to just have that as an awareness I'm not saying they are doing that now I'm saying if they started getting back above the 20 period moving average look out above now let's discuss based on the chart nothing more nothing less not the news not politics not the Fed not the economy none of that stuff if you just look at the chart red and green what should the market do from here it should complete this deal and guess what at least in my opinion it should complete that type of scenario down to 326 and a half to 323 and a half in that neighborhood you want to split the difference call it three and a quarter it's not really exactly splitting the difference but it's a nice round number three and a quarter is it going to happen tomorrow remember this is quadruple witching options expiration so especially this week we have to be aware that the market can go all kinds of ways it can always go all kinds of ways but especially during quadruple witching options expiration you have four different asset classes where the options are expiring you have a lot of stuff going on you will have traditionally a flood of volume coming into the market tomorrow morning on Friday morning but then it will subside after a couple of hours and the institutions will have done their business likely some rebalancing into the close but for the most part the majority of the business at least this is from what I know is done about two hours into the morning session let's switch over to inside the numbers there's some important stuff in here today so I want to go through the commentary right out of the gate we've got wake up red result of the bearish wedgish pattern from the daily chart get ready for wide swings in both directions that's on the board about 7 a.m. we're getting prepared in uniform game face on we're going to see wide swings in both directions think about this for a moment this is one of the first things that I'm telling you waking up in the morning we like to start with the obvious awarenesses the awarenesses that are likely going to be the foundation of the day moving right along so here we have some early thoughts we've got the selling pressure we know about that some traders will choose to be a spectator some traders are not necessarily interested in taking the type of risk that today holds as opposed to some other days there's nothing wrong with that also early in the morning we have a couple of important numbers on the board 3310 which was visited overnight so we need to know about that because they can certainly visit that one at any point during the day they traditionally like to visit the overnight highs and or lows they didn't do it today instead we got a bout of buy the dip crowd there's some other commentary pre-market so you might want to pause the video take a gander at that and then what we'll do is move it along nine o'clock again a reminder we're going to let them go we know that they're going to whip around you don't want to get caught in the frenzy we have some early important numbers on the board 3337 is the es number spy 335 here we are you know the routine five minute chart right of the vertical is today's activity so here's what we've got 335 if they start getting above 335 
the bulls will see a ray of light. That's right here. Bulls will see a ray of light if they start getting above 335, 9 o'clock in the morning. And then you see they ran up to the 337.50, fell away. By the way, from an intraday trading perspective, nobody should suggest that a market like this is easy to trade from an intraday perspective. The swings are wide. The stops have to be wide. They're going to make it look like you're wrong 100% of the time. Most traders will get shaken out right at the point when the market's about to turn or make the move you were expecting. That's the way it works on a day like today for many, many traders. I'm not saying all traders. I'm saying traders that are less experienced, less with an understanding of how the market really works. They're the ones that get eaten alive. Don't get eaten alive. Here you go again, right after the opening bell, waltzing right on through 335 would be a big win for the Bulls. What did they do? They went right up to 337.50. What was it? A big win for the Bulls. Moving right along. Stock on the move, first solar. We'll get back to that in a moment. Here we go again with 335. Showtime, start closing candles above there, and they're starting the repair job. Well, the repair job got broken up again later on, but... They did do a repair job up to 337.50, moving right along. Again with First Solar, we'll get back to that. Again with 335, the bulls have the ball as long as they maintain price above 335. And then, of course, at 10.03, the thank you, sir, may I have another play, which was another stock on the move doing its deal. Now, pay attention to this one. 16.45, give or take, should be some resistance. We'll get back to that. Meantime, moving right along. We know about 337, 337.50. For the record, it's a rodeo that was being Captain Obvious for a moment. And getting back below 335 opens the door for the lows of the day. That was at 1023. Where's 1023? That's all the way over here. So they didn't go down. They went up. But what happened once they got below 335? They went to the lows of the day. Doesn't matter when they do it. The fact is, getting below 335 sends them to the low of the day under normal garden variety type of conditions. Moving right along. More with play. We'll get back to that stuff. Now, first hour in the books. What do we have? Picture's worth a thousand words. What do we have the first hour of the day? First green candle. It's a breakup candle. We have a rip your face off rally sponsored by the buy the dip crowd. They've created a breakup candle. It would be normal for them to run sideways to lower for a while. Below the low and they go down to the overnight lows. That never happened, but you have to have the awareness. And here we go. Moving on. Now we have above the high of day at this point in time. Opens the door for the gap left open from the prior day's close. And I know some of you were looking at another gap and that's fine. I was looking at the gap from yesterday's close and it turns out the other gap was right around that 337.50 anyway. It's funny how these numbers go round and around and around. If you know the numbers, you can trade around the numbers. Not every day, not all day every day, but generally speaking, when you have the numbers, you're far better off. You think? Let's move it along. Now we have another number. As long as they stay hourly above 335.75, and you see what happens. As the day goes along... The numbers from an intraday perspective can change. They don't always change. They don't have to change. They can change. So what that gives us is a nearby number from where price was nearer than some of the other numbers that gives us a clue if, in fact, for example, they're breaking below. 
So here it is again, the 335.75. It was first mentioned at 1121. Now we've adjusted the chart. 335.75 is the line. And here is around 1120 a.m. So we're pre-prepared. They never made it to the overnight lows, but that's not the point. They went and tested the low of day a number of times. And we move it along. 133, 335.75, there it is again, is resistance. There's also some at 335.20. Here we go again. What happened at the end of the day? Right to 335.75. Funny how that works. How about the 335.20? Wasn't that supposed to be resistance too? And there it was. Know thy numbers. What else do we have? Well, we have a chart. Let's pay attention to this one. 151. If the market is going to remain in float mode for a while, what will they be trying to do? How about climb up the breakdown candle? Now, this was the breakdown candle. This is the hourly chart. It was created by the decline in the afternoon. They went back down to test the lows or what? Or the low of the original hourly breakup candle or the first hour's breakup candle. Either way you want to look at it, that's what happened. Any surprises? Any shockers out there? No. So here's what we're saying. There's a couple of things that are possible. A, are they going to develop a bearish, wedgish thing out of that breakdown candle? Well, they may, but they also like to run up to test the highs or near the highs of those breakdown candles, don't they? Here's your hourly chart again. What happened at the end of the day? The last hour of the day, what did they do? They ran up to test the high or at least make an attempt to get to the high of the breakdown candle. We see this over and over and over again. What else we got? We had some short-term stuff around 334. 334 was another line in the sand late in the day. They kept getting below for a few minutes. A couple of candles kept popping back above. 334 was important. At least it was from where I sit. So what do we have at 255? I think this one's important to read. From this point forward, we know the routine. They'll either start to jam them higher into the end of the day to screw over the holders of weekly put options. Didn't we just talk about that last night? Or they'll kill them into the close, which is less likely until and unless they break convincingly below 334. Either way, into the end of the day, anything goes. The hourly chart still has a big breakdown candle and they still never made it up enough or high enough to call it a test. And there you have it. What about stocks on the move? We had three hit their price entry targets today, Facebook, First Solar, and Play or Dave and Busters. Let's take a look at the charts. How about Facebook? First number on the board, 255.32. The second number was under 250. They didn't get there. They made a low today of 250.19. Looks like the trade didn't work, but let's talk it through for a moment. What happened? Stock went down and it made a what? Bearish, flaggish kind of pattern right? So that's enough time till we say they're eating time off the clock hovering above the number, which changes the trade. We don't want it anymore. It's not the same trade if they came right into it in a hurry. We go over that all the time. How about First Solar? Pretty good haircut, closing yesterday up near 72 bucks. Here we go, 64.15. You could see what happened. We're not going to call it a rocket ride, but we're going to call it another base hit. The stock gave traders multiple chances at exits, whatever they wanted. Here's a high of 65.49, doing way excess of the minimum expected deal. However, think about this one. What did they do by the end of the day? 
They basically hung out all day going back and forth around 64, 65, give or take, and they hung out for a cup of coffee. What's this telling us? It's telling us that the likely scenario is that this stock probably wants to have another trip to another destination that happens to be down south. How about Dave and Buster's? Was this a shit burger? Holy smokes, this thing got hammered. Believe it or not, it was a winner. 1609 was the entry. The high was 1644. In day trading and scalp trading parlots, that's another base hit. Especially when you know that 1645, give or take, should be some resistance. When you see that, you have to take the profit. Even if you take half and scratch out of the rest on the way back down, you still made money. Camp IWM. What have we got? Sandwiched in between the 50 and the 20 period moving average. Back above the 20, she's bullish. Below the 50, she's bearish. It's that simple. Start closing hourly and daily below 150, and she'll go into the moving averages. How about the RSP? Interesting. Again, the opposite situation as the SPY. This is the equal weight index, so everything's spread evenly across the S&P 500, all 500 stocks. Down Less than one half of 1% outpacing the SPY once again. Is this relative strength? It's not relative weakness. Heed the RSP. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. We have to be the umpire looking at every single situation, every chart, or every market independent of one another. We take each of the situations that are meaningful, we make them puzzle pieces, we put them on the table. Once the picture begins to develop... We know the storyline. That's the way this works. Here's a little piece of information. I'm not going to call it advice. It's information. Once you can begin not caring what each and every or any particular market does, RSP is up, SPY is up or down, Qs are up or down, IWM, when you stop caring that they're up or down and you just take the information at face value, you put it in, you input the information, Output comes the data that's from the information. It's emotionless. It's without bias. And when you can do that, you'll find way more success than you have before. What am I really saying? Ignore what you think. You're going to be wrong. And that goes for most everybody. The individual investor is going to be wrong more than 50% of the time if you're thinking. What about the folks down at the transportation department? How about flat. How about was down earlier, had a nice rip your face off rally. What is this? My second favorite market leading indicator. So the IWM was not outpacing the SPY on the downside. So not leading in the southern direction. Not that they had relative strength, but it certainly did not have relative weakness. The second favorite market leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine, rallied, finished about flat for the day. $2.78 is what? A rounding error. Is this bearish or bullish? Well, it's not bearish. It's above all the moving averages in an uptrend. Guess what? This chart looks the best out of anything. What is this telling you? Maybe it turns around tomorrow and gets crushed. But today, at face value, it's telling you the market's not going to collapse. Not with the transports in an uptrend. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley? What do we got with the Qs? Well, check this out. The Qs are actually a little bit ahead of some of the other markets. They tried to recapture the 50-period moving average today and could not do so. The longer they stay below the 50-period moving average, 
the more likely that this same bearish, wedgish, flaggish pattern is going to play out. And where are they going? I like 255 and you have this 100 period moving average that's creeping up day by day. It'll come into 254 pretty soon. Pretty good safety net under 255. Sooner than later, like within the next couple of days, early next week type of thing, at 255, 254 in that neighborhood, at that point, shorter term. Not if it's there in two or three weeks. If it's there in two or three days, it may be, and inside the numbers members will have a beat on this, it may be a buy-in with three hands. How about the financials? They're teetering. They're also sandwiched in between the 20 and the 50 period moving average. If they give up the 50 in the southern direction, look out below. They'll run a test to 24, and if that gives way, we know what's next, 23. Nothing's changed from that standpoint. And here's another one. How about good old Smash Mouth? You think this is a puzzle piece along with the transports? Again, flat. Maybe it's a rope-a-dope, maybe it's not. You have to take it at face value each and every day. It's a puzzle piece, and guess what? It's smack dab on the table. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is absolutely true and very accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.